Live at night, Monday to Thursday. Put your hands together. 6 to 10 on 5FM. Our trending chats for this evening is all about body positivity and how the movement has been watered down from its initial intention. Now, the body positivity movement has been around for years, gaining momentum and becoming a buzz phrase on social media and uh, in society at large. However, many now question if it's fulfilling its initial purpose, worry that the movement has become diluted. Joining me now for our chat on uh, um, body positivity with our trending chat uh, is a writer and social commentator, Paula Andropoulos. Uh, Paula, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Um, uh, we appreciate your time. How are you doing? Hi, I'm well, thanks. Thank you for having me. Check this out. I want to talk about, first, the original intent of the body positivity movement. Uh, care to take us um, uh, through uh, time in a summary? Sure. So, I mean, it's had many iterations over time, but basically um, it's recently in contemporary terms, it kind of came about as a foil to fat phobia. Um, a social media reaction to the erasure and punishment of fat people and differently abled people and people of color. Mm. Um, and, you know, in many respects, fat phobia is really entwined with a history of classism and racism because it all stems from this root idea that, like, a good body looks one way, you know, thin and, and white. And the body positivity movement is or was meant to normalize historically other bodies and fat bodies in particular. It was meant to normalize their representation as good bodies in mainstream media and on social media. Basically, it was meant to rescue them from the margins. Now, do you think um, it's been hijacked due to how many trolls there are on the internet and how marketing works and you know, how it's it's all about the, the clickbait, if you like. You know what I mean? Do you yeah. think that has played a part for it being watered down and diluted? You know, I think there are two levels to it. Um, I definitely think that plays a very significant part. But I also think on a different level, people are just so desperate for an outlet because everyone is under so much pressure to look a certain way, regardless of whether or not they're fat or thin. I mean, I think everybody has the right, and I would even say the imperative to feel good about themselves. But the problem is that the body positive movement in particular was created and like brought into being by fat people for fat people. Mm -hmm. So when you centralize the experiences of thin or thin enough people, you kind of innocently enough end up detracting from the movement's original purpose, which is to challenge the stigmatization of fat bodies. Um, and of course, I think it's been co-opted to a certain extent by advertising campaigns and things that feature models and, and use the movement's bylines, like body positive, love your curves. Um, but they're featuring models that aren't really fat. They're, they're kind of a size 16, which is under the average, really, in a South African context, even. So on the one hand, I think it's been a deliberate kind of appropriation by big big corporations. But on the other hand, I also think everyone is just so desperate for an alternative to, you know, the norm 
um, that they've grasped onto this thing without really comprehending the ramifications of of co-opting slogans and bylines that were meant initially for fat people in particular. Mm, mm, mm. I want to talk about the difference between celebrating and loving your body at an intrapersonal level and the body positivity movement and how that plays out? I mean, it's quite simple. Everyone, we're all under pressure to look a certain way and that has historical and classist and racial um, machinations that are operating behind the scenes. But we all know from a relatively young age and women know in particular that we're going to have to work quite hard to look a certain way. And, of course, it's it's great and it's important for people to actively work to counteract that and to celebrate their bodies. But that is quite different from borrowing language from the movement that's that's meant for fat people specifically. Because even if you do have insecurities as a thin person, which I'm sure you do, you're still not systematically oppressed in the same way that a a fat person or an obese person is. So loving your body at an interpersonal level or an intrapersonal level shouldn't um, compel you to borrow the slogans and and use the language that properly belongs to the body positive or fat positive movement. You're basically erasing um, the fat people for whom it was intended. Mm. Okay. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, fat phobia, the subtle and the non-subtle ways it plays out in society, and uh, how it just keeps on being or, or feeding into the beast of allowing this to exist. Yeah, I mean, so our aversion to fatness is so obvious and so pervasive, and really, it all converges around our relative eve of ease of access, you know, to jobs, to relationships, to respect. Um, if you're a fat person, you have to think about things like, or an obese person, like where can you buy clothing? Which doctors will treat you fairly and look past your weight? Do you have access to quality medical care? Um, a study I read yesterday actually reflected that doctors and nurses actually feel uncomfortable working with fat patients. The study said that they find them repulsive and will generally offer them an inferior standard of medical attention. Mm. I read somewhere else that the fatter a patient is, the more likely surgeons are to leave sponges or surgical instruments behind in their bodies, which necessitates further surgeries. I mean, and it's latent in the language we use around fatness. Um, We talk about laziness and slovenliness. And I think for fat people, and, and when we're talking about fat phobia, you you end up having to think about things like, where will you feel safe moving your body? Does gym equipment cater to you? Um, Are you going to be charged extra for taking up more space on an airplane or a taxi? How are you allowed to dress? And it's so deeply gendered as well. Women are the best, by which I mean worst, self-regulators in this respect. Um, We punish ourselves and one another. We're obsessed with food and with policing our bodies. And we're new to doing so from the time that we're so young. Um, and, of course, all this discrimination is justified in the language of health. So it's really made difficult for fat people to challenge their detractors. Mm. Now, I want to also speak about, like, <clears throat> you know, you, you were talking about, like, doctors or the, the, medic, the medical fraternity. 
mm. the argument that uh, accepting or fat acceptance endorses unhealthy living and obesity. You know, when they bring up that that argument, what's the first thing um, you you want to say to it, and how do we respond progressively around that, saying that um, fat acceptance does not even begin to endorse unhealthiness or mm. or living with ob- obesity so i think um the more i learn about this the more i understand that that particular line of argument is flawed in two ways firstly it's kind of irrelevant and secondly it's inaccurate um and i i strongly feel that it's irrelevant because people deserve respect and representation regardless of whether or not they're healthy, you know? Um, and it's inaccurate because so many studies over the past five or 10 years have debunked the notion that being fat is necessarily detrimental to your health. Fatness has just been pathologized for so long that so few people, doctors included, are prepared to challenge their prevailing stereotypes about fatness and health. And Health, additionally, is not a moral imperative. No one has to be healthy to be a good person. Um, but aside from that, this, the recent studies directly contradict the idea that being overweight is necessarily detrimental to your health. You can't tell whether or not someone's healthy just by looking at them. Mm. So, I mean, a bad diet is bad for your health. Being unfit is bad for your health. But someone can be fat and eat really well and be really fit. And, I mean, the thing I always want to say to people when this line of argument comes up is that regardless of how you feel, seeing fat people and differently abled people in popular media or in adverts isn't automatically going to make you or anybody else fat. Otherwise, we'd all be thin. I mean, we've been seeing thin models everywhere for the past who knows how long, and it hasn't had any impact on, um, you know, obesity levels. So why should seeing fat people represented in media automatically kind of validate fatness? It it just doesn't work that way. Now, in our society, and I mean the world at large, we are biased against fat bodies. Yeah. I don't know if in, in the studies that you have found in terms of where that root comes from. And, and uh, you know, like it's so easy to say, no, it starts with the parents and the babies, how the parents teach their kids. And I'm like, you know, half the time the parents are children themselves, you know, so exactly. you can't really expect much from them. But it's also from how much um, learning and how much of a of a of a accepting view over a tolerance view do you choose to live in the world or exercise in the world that you live in yeah so how how do we progress as society and how do we check our bias based on fat people or towards fat people or fat bodies yeah in my view i just think it's about challenging received wisdoms, you know, and, and I think it's really important for all of us at this juncture in history to be taking that approach to lots of different kinds of identities. We need to challenge the things we take for granted. And it's so easy nowadays just to do your research. Um, 
and and to look around personally at the things that you are or aren't able to take for granted. And from there, if you really want to be an advocate for people where you do notice that there's a discrepancy in the way that they're treated, complain. Um, Mm. That's what Twitter is for. (laughs) Complain when all the models in a campaign are white. Complain when you don't see fat people represented in a magazine. Complain when you see a dearth of differently abled bodies. Just use your voice and even more importantly than that, I think, stop policing the way other people look. Or at the very least, interrogate your motivations for doing so. Like, why do you feel, if, if you feel a real aversion to fatness and fat bodies and fat acceptance, I, I think it's really on you to sit down and examine why. Like, why does this, why does this so affect you on a personal level? And I think when you sit down and start to unpack that, you realize it's so flawed, you know? Yeah, man. And that's why we are having these conversations. Bringing them to the fore reminds us to actually look inside ourselves and say, what am I doing to actually um, not just empower myself, but like how my actions, my views, my reactions empowered compared to when I did not know any better? Because it's one thing to not know, but when you have the information in, on your lap and not use it uh, to progress, mm-hmm. it's, it's problematic. Uh, Paula, thank you so much for your time. Um, thank I pre- you. I, I appreciate your contribution to this conversation. And um, like I said, it's a conversation. These are conversations that we ought to be having on a, on a monthly basis, if you like, you know. So I appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Have a lovely evening. Right back at you. Writer and social commentator uh, contributing to an amazing uh, trending chats this evening, um, uh, uh, Paula Andropoulos. Uh, we're talking about body positivity and how the movement has been watered down from uh, its initial intention. And, and in what Paula said, it's, it's speaking to those things. You dare sleep and, and not speak out about an injustice that is happening and that you know of and you're just quiet about it you are adding fuel to that fire that you seem to not want to be involved in. So we must all play our part. Still to come, we've got our campus chat. Yeah, keep it locked right here on fire. Oh, yeah. Live at night, Monday to Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Put your hands together. 6 to 10 on 5FM.